treatment. I was holding the space for you to come in strong. Hi, Hi everyone. Hello, we're back. Welcome to Brain Candy, a 2019 wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's very exciting. We survived another year. Can you believe it? I mean... This one went by so fast. I bet it did. It was like... It was like one of those roller coasters that starts off like really slow and it's like painful because you're like going up and you're like, what the heck is going to happen? And then you start going down and your stomach at first is like, oh God. And then you're like, whoa, this is the best. And it's really fun. And then you like are like on the best ride. Yeah. And now it's almost over. That was like a great metaphor I just made up. It was the old Anybody else relate? <laughs> Anybody? Any of you guys relate to Sarah's roller coaster year? I'm Jules. sure a lot of people can. Hold on, I dropped my Oh, pen. she dropped her pen. She dropped Okay, her pen. well, I'm just excited because this is a great, it's a great moment. We highs, and low, highs and lows for you? I just love December because we can reflect and uh, sleep in heavenly peace. Oh, amen. Hopefully. <laughs> oh, holy night. Um. Okay, wait. So remember when we were talking last week or whenever it was about the stepmom? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just bringing it up because that made me laugh again when I listened to it. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh my God, you did. I'm saving it for the ride home today. It's really funny. Listen to my book on tapes. Because you were so, um, like, just really uh, perplexed by why they're their precaution about drywalling. I I still stand by that. (laughs) Like it had nothing to do with the appropriate nature or not of her going topless in front of her stepkids. You were just like, that's just no way to drywall. No way. Right. And I almost look at like, these are the same type of people who like need the instructions on the iron of like remove clothes before ironing. (laughs) Cause they're like, well, this seems like a better way to do it. And then they are totally like hurting themselves. I feel like you've done that though. I mean, I've like held it straight and like done like a quick little. <laughs> yeah. But like, who hasn't? Not. But you know what I have used in, with great success is a flat iron. On your shirt? Yeah. Is that something people do? Uh, like in a pinch, I'll just take it and just run it right down the front of my. Why don't leg. people talk about that? Well, welcome to the podcast. I we mean, are now. Yeah. Life, life hack. hack. Yeah. Shout out to my friend Jesse, who definitely is the one who introduced me to that. Okay. Yes. There's definitely, it seems like a fire hazard. No. It's the same as an iron? I wonder, yeah. Okay. I mean, you can adjust the heat setting and they it's just like They should make irons hot, like that then. That just clamp. It does get a little tricky with buttons and, and it's not, and, <laughs> and because you can't, like with the, you can't really get, it's, it's, we have irons for a reason and they work very well. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of a steam cleaner, a steamer, a portable steamer. Have you tried one of those? I have. Yeah. Do you have one? I do. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if never, not, I am I know, definitely I was, getting you that's that. That's the thing. What you do, you start making lists. I'm yeah. like, here's what I got to buy, Susie. Yep. Did you get your little screen things? Little yes. camera protectors? Yes, I added it. And isn't that good? Mm-hmm. So this is what I do. Yeah. Because I have to. And, <laughs> and gift giving isn't even my love language. So yeah. I don't know. This is just practical. Like, more oh, like... I appreciate it. Yeah. Because, like, we can't have you having any... <laughs> Like, you know, free no. peep shows over here. No, no, no. I don't want anyone knowing about my porn habits or nudity <laughs> or whatever. Right. It's more like the face that I make while I like the thing I'm like most <laughs> embarrassed about isn't even anything like me getting naked or changing or things other people would might be embarrassed about. Uh, it's definitely the faces that I'm making when I'm looking at the computer and when I'm just like zoned out. Even if it's not porn? 
even if it's not yeah, one, whatever, what you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I have that awful habit of biting the side of my cheek. Yeah. And so I'm sure I'm just like going town on it when I'm in the zone and like scrolling through Amazon. <laughs> Good Lord. And now you're protected. And now I'm safe. Hey, did you hear about the, um, the somebody, somebody, we don't know who in Las Vegas is putting cowboy hats on pigeons. <laughs> oh my God. First of all, that's the most adorable thing I've ever imagined. Yeah. And it's super cute. And I feel like I have a suspect. Okay. So there's an Instagram account that I, I can't remember the name of, but I'll try to find it. And he's a, an artist. I guess a digital artist is what you call him, but he would take, he would videotape pigeons and he would put emoji, pin emojis to them. You know how you can like pin on Instagram stories yeah. and stuff? And he would like cr- make little like speech bubbles and have them saying things. Yeah. And it'll be like, it, it's so funny and I love it. And they're doing things like wearing little cowboy hats. And now it's no longer just digital. And maybe he like, I have to take this like IRL <laughs> to RL. I just love that. I you could this. be walking in a parking lot oh or whatever God, and see like pigeons, you know, pecking at the whatever. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, Western and like rub style? your eyes. Yes. Like, what am I looking at? Oh my God. Can you imagine if you spotted a cowboy pigeon? I mean. A uh, cow pigeon? You really would rub your eyes like, what? Yeah. Like, right? oh my gosh. And then, oh, I'm trying to think part, of what more other adorable things I could put on them. The best part of the headline was... Cowboy hats on pigeons in Las Vegas. Um, a ro- subtitle: A rodeo was in town, but denied any connection. <laughs> <laughs> that's the perfect. That's the perfect like accidental. Do, do you think the rodeo was no, involved? No, but I think the artist who did this may artist? have. Why do you keep calling I'm it going an to, artist? Because that, this is absolutely a a. <clears throat> what do you call that? Like like street art. This mm-hmm. is like like a. Like a performance art, like performative. Yeah, this is right. performative art. Okay. I think. Yeah. PETA is going to get involved. Oh, no. Well, maybe, maybe the pigeons just chose to wear them. <laughs> well, I we... mean, I've got a dog who loves getting dressed up. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, I will. Ugh, you will, you will see. You will soon see some photos. I'll do a whole series of her. She on Easter, like, or was it New Year's or Easter? Something like that. I put her in little bunny ears. Well, that was Easter. And then New Year's, I was like, put her in a little party hat and and made it look like she was blowing the, one of those little, that was a terrible horn noise, but you know. (laughs) So you think it's possible that the pigeons were involved in their, um, well, the, the not having thumbs and, and (laughs) the ability to then put it on its head is where I kind of question. They were able to try and who was it? Erickson? Somebody, there was a, oh, I don't think that's who it was. There's a psychiat- psych- sociologist, psychiatrist, one of those people, <laughs> uh, uh, who yes. um, taught pigeons how to d- command a missile during World War II yeah. successfully. I did and then they just that. shut it down because like, they were like, mm, maybe, <laughs> they shut it down. maybe not the best idea. <laughs> okay. But it worked. So if we can teach them to fly... That makes me think if they had them wearing adorable little fighter pilot helmets when they were flying those planes. <laughs> what if? Right. And like little cute? little bomber jackets. All right. And why would PETA be mad about bringing joy to our lives? Well, that's true. But they want to like release the bees. So who knows with those guys? What's that mean? Like they think bees should not be kept in. Like Hives? we shouldn't. Like we shouldn't. We shouldn't use bees like for their. They want no animal byproducts used. So they like don't oh, yeah. like the beekeeper thing, <laughs> even though that's like what bees do and they're like really digging it 
All right. Well, anyway, I don't know. Don't who... at me, PETA people. <laughs> I don't know who's responsible, but I just want to say thank you to that person yes. for putting cowboy hats on pigeons. I meant to tell you, before you leave today, I have a Prezi for you. Oh, I love Prezi's. Um, I got all this stuff from Cereal School, which Ooh. is this cool company where they lo- we love cereal. Who doesn't? We're cereal people. I love cereal. And so are the people at Cereal School. And they were like, we want to have all these yummy treats from like when we were kids. Yeah. But you know that most mm-hmm. of those aren't good for you. Correct. So they went and tried to recreate the same essence, yes. but with healthy stuff. So I they love have this. like cinnamon bun, <gasps> fruity, cocoa, peanut butter, like all the different. Oh, I know exactly where <laughs> I, I Yeah. You see where I'm going? I here. do. And I'm talking sugar free. <gasps> what? Sugar free. Like they are. Oh, that box isn't making it home. It's it's really insane, and I don't frankly care how they do it. Yeah, I don't care either. Just give me the box. So you can be an adult, but enjoy childhood type stuff. So they make like how they're you can. It's use very them. on brand for us. <laughs> it really is. It's like the brain candy of cereal. Yes, I love this. <laughs> um, so like I said, they have all those um, flavors. They're gluten free. They're grain free, lactose free, soy free, sugar free, and sixteen grams of protein. Per serving. It's really great. And they are perfectly portioned. They come already portioned for you. Um, 100 calories per bag. So it's even keto or is it keto? Keto Keto. approved. Um, And they're they're yummy. I can't wait. You'll love them. The Cereal School is healthy and delicious snacks that fit perfectly with your and mine nutritional needs. Um, Our listeners get $5 off and free shipping when you go to the cerealschool.com and use promo code BRAINKITTY. The Cereal School is so confident, they offer a risk-free satisfaction guarantee on all orders. The only way to get $5 off and free shipping is to go to thecerealschool.com and use promo code BRAINKITTY. That's T-H-E-C-E-R-E-A-L-S-C-H-O-O-L-L. Sorry, just one L. I, like, my brain, <laughs> my brain, like... Did that thing where, like, yeah. when you'd spell necessary. necessary. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> .com code brain candy. That's cereal school. Enjoy cereal like a kid again. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on. Um, oh, another thing that I thought was funny. Wait, let me find it. Okay, this is actually... It's funny, but it's also kind of cool. Okay. The Mafia Cute. dropped their gay ban. Um, <laughs> it was... In air quotes, because come on, <laughs> they yeah they 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 supposedly didn't let people in the mafia if they were gay, mm-hmm. um, but they decided Openly. to drop yeah. the ban after the boss's son was found to be a drag queen. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you know what they always say: there's a one in every family. There is, and they were like, you know what? Let's okay. drop that ban. That's not very well, nice. You know, I'm glad that they're just like changing their ways, still shoving people into trunks, probably. <laughs> But now you're allowed to do it in a pair of six-inch heels. They will let even homosexuals murder people. They will. (laughs) We're really changing. (laughs) Who says we aren't? But how sad is it that the mafia is more progressive than some, you know, some of my family members, for example? (laughs) That is so true. What do you think of that? I didn't actually know they had a gay I didn't know there was a policy. Like, I want to know their position on other things now. Although it is funny because they said, you know, okay, we're going to let gay people in as long as they don't parade it about. I'm like, he's a drag queen. What do you think? I need you to be wearing sensible heels. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? No self-respecting gay man would be wearing like easy spirits or right. <laughs> Tone it down. Get out of here. Right? Like, how do you don't? Par- and I love that he chose the don't parade, parade it, around. it around. I'm like, uh, that's kind of the whole thing. That's like right. half. That's of being pretty much gay. the entire month of June. <laughs> right. And well, maybe some of July too. Mm-hmm. Mm. They were saying that, like... Don't parade it around. I just love that. That That's like a slip. Did that... Is that what they wrote? Was that like a quote? It was a quote. Oh, my God. I love that. That's totally a slip. I love it. I love it. I wonder, though... I don't know. It just is such a strange... The mafia world is intriguing in Mm -hmm. general, just that there are these rules. Because, you know, when I correspond with the criminals, a lot Mm -hmm. of them are in gangs, and it's very similar, where Uh they're... Their moral code might not be the same as yours, yeah. but they for sure have one. Yeah. And it's very strict. Yeah. You got to follow the rules. I know two people from this challenge, and I suspect both of their families are in the mafia. Come on. Yep. What is your evidence? Just like racial profiling? No, no. Uh, I Like enough hints at it. Get and out of to here. Where, uh-huh. I can't wait to tell you who. Because it's it's it. I would say that I'm like. Do the yeah. hints revolve around crime or money? Both. Really. Mm-hmm. What would you do if you fell in love with someone and then found out that they were from like a mafia family? Would you have to end that relationship? Or I mean, you just the, wouldn't parade it around. I just wouldn't parade it. Around. I I can't see myself ever getting into well unless the person was very different than his family members because the kind of traits that come with being a member of the mafia uh based on what i've seen on tv and read in newspapers and seen the movies Mm -hmm. um i wouldn't really be on into it's like a lot of secrets secrets a lot of like don't ask and just kind of like and i'm not like that (laughs) you're not very good at secrets Let's talk about every single thing, and you know, mm-hmm. I like. There's a lot of communication going on in any relationship I'm in. When I was reading the article, whoever they were interviewing was talking about how annoyed they are that the mafia has changed so much, and that the new generation is real soft. Like they were saying that back in the day, like these mafia guys would go to jail, and then they'd be like, whatever, and they didn't mind, and they weren't sad about it. They were like committed to the mafia movement. But now they go to jail and they get depression. Oh <laughs> like my god! Lonely. Yeah, like we're all just soft now. I don't yeah. know. I think we need to label that as something different. I don't like that. I don't like the label as like soft. I think that, like, I just saw this post on Instagram this morning. It was like somebody had you know done this tweet and then like taken a screenshot of it, and it said uh, it was like a teacher, and he said, you know, I saw a little boy crying in the classroom today and I came over there and I told him like, Hey buddy, like, you know, you're a big boy. Like you just quit crying. The kid looked at me and said, I'm allowed to express my feelings, you know? And the teacher was like, well, he's got me there. (laughs) You are. And it's true. It's, we have a new generation that I think is understanding that, uh, that you're allowed to express your feelings and have these stuff. And I think that when you are not, then that repression of those emotions, especially Depression often shows up with men as anger issues. Mm -hmm. So no surprise that the people who are murdering people also might be depressed and just expressing their symptoms in a different way because they have to repress all those feelings. But like when I think about my grandpa and he worked in, um, I don't, I guess it was a steel mill. Um, and 
he did that his whole life, you know, 50 years or whatever yeah, the heck. Yeah. I can't think of one person no. my age that would be willing to do that well, for 50 years. It's it's the vanilla ice cream 31 flavors situation. If you've only had vanilla ice cream your whole life, you're going to be like, that's gr- that good. It's uh-huh. this delicious. I'll keep eating it. But if you've never had any other one, like... But the second you st- like go to thirty, you're like, oh my god, I gotta try this, I gotta try this, I gotta try this. Mm-hmm. It's like an abundance makes it leads to. There are a bunch of studies about this. Mm-hmm. They did it with uh, some researchers did it with jeans at a store of like how happy are people with their purchase if they have the option of sixty pairs of jeans to choose from or three pairs of jeans, yeah. and you're always happier when you have the option of fewer. So maybe with the not seeing what else, this is the same thing with social media. It's like it getting. Somebody was just telling me that we're no longer comparing ourselves. Or maybe I listened to this in the doc. Yes. It's not like the... And you said it. Yes. So you. I'm just telling (laughs) you exactly what you already told me. That you're not comparing yourself to your next door neighbor where it was kind of like attainable. And, you know, maybe they had the similar job. Chances are good. Your grandpa, his neighbors all worked at the same place too. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did. And now you have Instagram where you see people who are making millions from like opening up boxes of Legos and Pokemon cards on YouTube, mm-hmm. that would make me kind of feel like, what the hell am I working this coal mine for? Yeah. Right. Maybe it's both, though, because I do think we are softer. Yeah, well, I do agree with that. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll mm-hmm. chalk it up to a both Yeah. Situation. Well, because I would say not softer. We have not built up a resiliency because we're given the easy way out, and that comes from, I think, the parenting where they're like, you know, don't really... Oh, allow children to fail, but even though failure, it, failure is what we need the most. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a little something called fertility. Let's. Oh, especially the kind that's modern. I was just <laughs> gonna say that. I was like the modern kind. <laughs> it's the only kind I want. Modern fertility is so great because you take this super easy test and you send it back, and then they will tell you what's going on in your body. Yes, and they'll say if you're. If you have eggs and the health of the eggs in your body yes. and all this other great information. This that- is really important to have. We have to arm ourselves with yes. new information. And like you always say, be smarter than your doctor. Yeah, and it costs an arm and a leg if you did go mm-hmm. to a doctor for this type of thing. You can pay over a thousand bucks for it. And for modern fertility, it's only like 159 bucks for the same info. And uh, it'll tell you like if you have PCOS. Yes. That's very important to yes. know. Um, but anyway... Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners 20 bucks off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash braincandy. So your test will only cost $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it would cost you at a doctor's office. Get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash braincandy, modernfertility.com slash braincandy. Just good to know what's going on in your body. Yes. All right. We covered the mafia, BBB. Um, okay, debate for you. Yes. Oh, I love it. A Wisconsin town yes. outlawed snowball fights. Okay. Are you pro or anti? <sighs> Man, this is like anything else. It's all fun and games until somebody <laughs> takes it to an extreme. Right. And it's like, where do you draw the line? Because yeah. like snowball fights, fine. But snowball fights where you have, you know, I can just imagine like two kids, junior high, whatever, and one puts like 
a rock in the middle of the snowball. Or even like some snow yes, is it's like, like ice. ice. Yeah. And it really would hurt. And then you're mm. like, what? I'm just in a snowball fight with him. Yeah. And that, so like, you know, a playful scene from Elf, sure. But like a- <laughs> That one was excuse- pretty bad I, Well, that's what I was thinking about when he just goes crazy and starts throwing <laughs> a million of them. And like, I'm like, it's all fun and games. But then, uh-uh. So I, uh, yeah, that's like- they said that it was the same as um, a weapon. It can't. I feel like it can be. It is, and it depends on who's throwing it. Yeah. If it's like Lincoln throwing a snowball at me, fine. One of my brothers, mm. forget it. Mm-hmm. I'd be really mad, and it hits you like it, that. Could really put an eye out, have as you, they say. <laughs> have you ever enjoyed snowball shenanigans? Yes, oh. every time because I didn't grow up in the snow, so it's all novelty to me. Okay, so you never felt like ouch. <laughs> that well, yeah, I did. I did, but then I like got over it because it was like, oh, look what this is like. Part of the being in the snow, it's whimsy. And, yeah, it's whimsy, and nobody, nobody chucked at me with like malice or what, like oh. enrage. Yeah, it didn't. Imagine not. though, if maybe you've done this, where you're on a challenge in a snowy climate. I mean, that would be terrible because oh, it would be like the pool in. shenanigans yes, except it would. snow. Yeah, it would. It would do. It would and then they would not know where to draw the line. And you know what I hate even more so than that? I would make this illegal. <laughs> Snowball fights allowed. Snowballs down the shirts or any other form of clothing, harassment. Not should not be allowed. I do not like that. Yeah, and that seems funny. to be the the favorite with people like I, that has happened to me more often than having a snowball. They put snow down your shirt or something. Yeah, or like down the back of my pants or like down my back. I hate that because I hate the cold. Yeah, and then you're wet. Mm -hmm. I have to agree with Wisconsin on this. Yeah. I understand why people, when they saw the headline, were like, oh, Scrooge, you know. Right. That kind of thing. But the truth is it's really dangerous. Really dangerous. It really is. Yeah, no, I'm like thinking about it. And it's like one of those things where it just it just. People like take it too far, and I think that Wisconsin might have been abusing their snow privileges with because clearly there was incidents that yeah. necessitated. Yeah, this there must have been action. Do you think it's one of those things where like now they're going to have like a snowball fight park where like you're like signing up to go <laughs> right, and like it's a, like a shooting range? Yeah, <laughs> like that. Where like we've deemed this weapon, so but you can use it within this can, and like our snow. You know snow what? That's is, actually a really good business it, idea. I know. I'm thinking it would be because like. You're not allowed to do that, which then drives the child's desire to do it up even more. You got a Christmas birthday party. Yeah. You host outdoor and you like you it's make like it kind of like paint. Stole yeah. the words right out of my mouth. God damn, we have such good ideas. Sharks. <laughs> do you live in Wisconsin? <laughs> Are you dying to throw a snowball but don't know what don't want to do it without getting caught by the police? <laughs> yeah, because it really is so it could be like paintball. Mm-hmm. Where as long as everyone's in agreement, this is allowed. Or maybe they wear a mat, like a face mask, and like the parents get to just watch them go nuts, and then you get all the energy. They get to do that. This is a this is a genius bit. Mm -hmm. We're moving to Wisconsin. (laughs) I bet I wouldn't even be surprised if the law was done by snowball lobbyists. I (laughs) big snowball. Big snowball, right? Because they're like, hey, mm-hmm. if we outlaw it in this regard, then we can make money off of it. Totally. In this other way. Oh, come on, we're on. This we is know. this is. We Where's see that you. detective emoji? Yes. Uh huh. I'm on to you. <laughs> All right. I, I wasn't sure if you would agree. 
No, I, I thought we I, might have to fight about it. No, I'm, I, as somebody who would probably be the one hit by snowballs more often than the thrower of them, I'm for this law. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Also, yeah, loogies, no, those <laughs> two. Don't, no tying shoelaces together. None of those. <laughs> I don't like any of those tying kind of pranks. Shoelaces. Okay. Next thing I need to talk about. This is dark, so let's let's get serious. Oh, dark. Oh, okay. She um, even sat up on to talk Big about Brother Spain, which I forget the name. It's like yeah. Grande Hermano or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forget. It's not Grande Hermano. <laughs> Stop, um, Susie. Yes, that's really funny. They. It's the same setup as all the Big Brother that you're familiar with. Yeah, and um, a gal got drunk and some guy was hitting on her in the house and she was like buzz off and then she passed out and he (gasps) assaulted her and they kept filming oh my god she didn't know they took her aside and and made her her watch oh and filmed her watching oh my god no that this is the loss this is the so sue the shit out of them that everything get them put them Fuck that. Can you believe? No, I'm mad. I cannot believe. Oh my God. That is beyond sick. I like am not, I'm like slowly one by one going through these things that that you just listed off. And one of those is too much to handle, let alone everything else they they just made work. This is why, oh my fucking God. This is why somebody who is a mental health professional needs to be on call and on and on staff at all times, mm-hmm. like on retainer, whatever you call it. Yeah, because that is I know the crew is like twenty eight themselves. They like they sometimes. Oh, but this one is one where you should have understood right from wrong. I just can't. What the actual fuck? Like, they should be charged with with soliciting, like not soliciting. Uh, uh, uh. Like, isn't there something of like allowing? Yeah, something? like a bystander. Yeah, whatever yeah. There's, there's rule. definitely a. Because a- if you see a crime happening to someone and you don't intervene, yeah, in some way, mm-hmm. even if that's just calling nine one one, then you could be held responsible. Yeah, you should be. And there's, it, oh yeah, I just can't conceive of anyone thinking this is the correct thing. No, to do. I can't. I can't. I want to know. I want to know who these cameramen were. Are, there's no she way there's a woman. Each of them. Each of them. I would. I would. I go after every single one of them. I just can't. I, I was stunned because it's the only way. <clears throat> when it's stuff like this, often there's not laws to protect mm-hmm. her. So the only way that you can do it is in these. What are they called? Civil, like yeah. civil court, civil, civil cases. And who knows what it's like in Spain? I don't know right. the setup there, but. <sighs> I just was Dude. disgusted. And then, so it's bad enough that you let something terrible happen to somebody, but then to then make her watch her own assault. Yeah, is re- so re-traumatizing. And then and to And make film her it. watch it. Oh my God. You and don't she ever, had no idea. And you, you, oh my God, you didn't consent to any part of that or even them watching it. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. So what do they say is happening? So I believe that this happened oh more than a year ago, and um, the footage of the assault. Did they air that season? No, they should not have. I think they aired the season. Oh my god, I'm so. Mad. I well, actually, it airs while it's happening. So oh, now right. I'm confused. Oh yeah, I'm not sure, but he did end up leaving, of course. Mm-hmm. But and I guess she did too, but like. 
The damage is done. The damage is done. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can't even... But I, like, we're <sighs> shocked, but not really. I know. Like, in a way, it would... It's, yeah. It's I can't right imagine them doing, them any, well, doing anything Well, and else. it just makes me wonder about, like, what we don't hear about. That's not a show like Big Brother. Yeah. Where it's, you know, everything is filmed 24-7. I just think that the, there are... Well, it's really... Beyond. Yeah. God! How could you possibly think, though... Like as a producer, you know what we should do? We bring her in here, we make her watch the footage, and then film her watching it to get that reaction on camera. <sighs> Unless it was just for liability purposes. Yeah, but, that, but that's the I know that that's where my mind went to. And they're like, "Well, we just for ours." No, you. Because she do said, anything. "I wouldn't have chosen to watch it if I had been given the choice." Oh they didn't God, say like didn't you say. were assaulted. Here's the footage. They just turned it on. Oh my God. No, she should sue the motherfucking shit out of them yeah. and take them for every penny, and she deserves every single one. And and because of the pain that that causes, mm-hmm. is absolutely worth that. Yeah, not because like you know, like some I don't know eye for an eye bullshit, but no. it's because she that is going to bring her yeah pain in the future, and it, that will cause her loss of. A bunch of income, relationships, everything. This is going to be something she deals with for the rest of her life. Yeah. Fuck that. I know. It's terrible. Well, you know what time of year it is. What? New Year's resolutions. Yep. Trying to get your life in order. Amen. Some people don't love it, but I love it. I love the idea of like fresh start. Yes. And you can make improvements. Hey, and you know what? There's never a better time for a first for a fresh start than right the second. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Sarah, preach. Yes. And the best way to do that is with Noom, which is a really wonderful app and program that you can use to help you keep your goals in order and have accountability and support from a community. Um, maybe you want to eat better or have more energy or maybe you want to have an improved sense of self-worth or oh. less anxiety. Yes. Um, these are the kind of resolutions that, you know, they shouldn't be drudgery because they're going to improve your well-being. Um, they, it's based in psychology. Noom teaches you to do things the way you should do them and empowers you with the tools to break those bad habits and replace them with better ones. Um, it's designed by psychologists and it's not complicated or anything like that. They just want to keep you on task and you can use, you know, only 10 minutes a day if you want. It's a perfect time to make a step towards healthier habits. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash brain candy. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash brain candy to start your trial today. That's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash brain candy. All right. That was depressing. So depressing. Um, but I, I really felt like it was important to talk about because we've seen the ways that these shows can be <sighs> corrosive. But, you know, this is this is one of those things where I, I, you know, tell people when I'm, like, pitching this idea to, you know, whoever's listening sure. uh, about why I want to be a therapist for reality shows. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, it's not a matter of if something's going to happen. It's a matter of when. Absolutely. And this is the perfect example. Mm-hmm. This is the This is the when. I was talking to somebody about how I really don't enjoy going into the ocean. Uh-huh. And, and they were like, well, is it because, like, what's in there? Like, creatures? And like, no, it isn't that. It's like the power of the ocean yeah. and all that. Yeah. And then I said, you know what, though? I bet it has something to do with 
the fact that every time I've ever been in there really has it's been for the show. Yes, you're right. And they'll be like, um, we're just going to, they took me out one time. Oh, this is totally it. <laughs> like in Australia, I'm 18. I'm not a good swimmer. And they just said, just, uh, what oh do you call God. that? Where you tread water. Yeah. And then the helicopter's going to come and then no. you're going to like try to grab on or whatever. And I'm like, you get accustomed to this like yes. ridiculous stuff. Terrifying. But it has an impact. So Absolutely. imagine if it wasn't. Oh, you know, uh, you're totally right. Right? Yes. That's just a small thing, but. To, this is a big one. Yeah. That's what I say. One. Like relationship, she's going to need therapy down the road. Yeah. So sad. I don't Because he was Spanish, trying to hit on her all the time and she was like, no thanks. So she made like, it clear. That is awful. I didn't know they really had alcohol in, maybe in Spain it's different. I don't think they have too much in the regular house. Brother. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I've never watched it. So I saw a um, tweet this morning from Bette Midler mm. and it was a picture from a museum and there was a beautiful painting in the background and you know how they have benches mm-hmm. and there were three, I don't know, teenagers, um, with their back to the art on their phones. Of course. And she just wrote, what's wrong with this picture? And I wanted to know your thoughts about that. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> Which part? Her tweet or that behavior? No, that behavior. Okay. I don't like... I... I. It does... It really bugs me seeing the... Just the way people are on their phones mm-hmm. all the time, you know? And it's like, I understand the importance of like... You know, like you and I use it for work, for like all my stuff for my job as a therapist is on my phone. I like yeah. everything is, there's all like, that's how, they, how we do it now. Sure. And, uh, so, but there's like a time and a place for everything. It would be the same to me as taking your phone out at a, in the middle of a play mm. or, um, like, you know, it, it's, if you want to use your phone, go somewhere where I don't. But then it's like, who are they disturbing? And maybe it's like, fine, at least they're there. I love that you're having a debate with yourself. I know I am. I'm like, I don't know. I was going to be like, okay, boomer. You right. know how that's what they say. I, yeah, no joke. <laughs> okay. I like just learned this. Like, <laughs> yeah, okay, you're boomer. The boomer in this case, because yeah. I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me, and I kind of don't like that she tweeted that because you don't know the context. Right. They have museum apps. Yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Like we're making assumptions about right. them that we don't know to be true through the lens of her knowledge and her understanding and her use of the phone. Right. When she uses the phone, it's for these specific reasons, not anything related to the museum. So they couldn't be doing anything like that. And I kind of, I feel like museums are places that are consumed in, and used in different ways by different people. And I'm changing my position. Yeah. I mean, I get the sentiment yes. that like, right. really, mm-hmm. we're just going to stare at our phones the whole time we're at the museum. Mm-hmm. But they could have been there all day looking around. They could be texting their folks. So who knows? Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they are still at a museum and getting some sort of exposure to it. Because I think about how I was when my mom dragged me to museums in Italy when I was like 12, 13, 14. I would have killed for a phone. And instead of a (laughs) phone, I doodled in my notebook. Like I was so uninterested in going to any of those. But it still had an impact. Huge. Just being there. Yes. It's exposure. Like just a little bit of exposure to that. Yeah. Just like how we said, you said, just having two books in the house mm. makes yeah. like all the difference. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. Just going to maybe two museums probably makes a big impact, even if they're barely paying attention. Plus, I also don't think that it is relegated to um, 
are limited to only young people. I see boomers, et cetera, all, all on the time. So, and to, sometimes to even worse. Yeah, to say it's generational it's to not. me is false. It's totally not. I I push back on that as well. Yeah, because it's it's person to person for sure, and I see people of that boomer generation who then post pick like they're turn their children into like the content of all those things. And I hate that even more. Yeah. So yeah, we're all doing our own. Yeah. If you want to call them sins on our phones and it does feel like it's all, all the angst is directed towards young people when they're not the ones doing all the. Yeah. Yeah. I changed my position. I'm I'm anti now. Okay. Yeah. I'm very flexible and, and, (laughs) Well, you're open-minded. I'm open-minded. You show me because, you know. Now, if I saw them doing that that all day long, it would probably annoy me. Like, yeah. Or if they were being rude or disruptive, taking selfies, affecting other people's enjoyment of the museum, that would be different. Mm -hmm. But they're like just sitting on a bench. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we need to know a lot more. Yeah. What is this kid? Is this guy like... And the picture behind them was a nude woman. So like... Not all people would be into that. There you go. You know, like Hannah Gatsby on her tour, her Nanette, no, not Nanette. It was, um, what's she called the next tour? I don't know. It was a, Douglas. Yeah, Douglas. I didn't see it. Yeah, she talked about that, how a lot of the art from that era is not exactly progressive. Right. You know, so yeah. we can't act and like that's great. And the new stuff great. they do like, because like my aunt, she leads art tours for like kids in junior high at the Mm. uh, Los Angeles Museum of Modern Art and uh, or Los Angeles Museum of Art, I guess. Um, She says that there, a lot of them are, depends on what she shows them and what they're going to go look at and like what the content is. And they can't just walk through a museum. They need to be like, like there needs to be almost like a theme. Like she'll come up with the, or like the museum has like different themes that they, kind of well, create like, these these tours around. Yeah. And when they're when they're fun stuff like like one what that she did was like using your voice and like speaking out against like authority or something like mm-hmm. that. And so she took them to like different ones that did that and it just resonated with the kids in a way. And they were like how do you speak out and then she related it to Twitter and like, well, you use social media and things like that. This was kind of the social media mm-hmm. back then and how blah, 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 blah. And so like connecting that to, or now there's there, like you're saying apps at the museum where mm-hmm. you can like engage with cool stuff yeah. and your phone. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, I went to a climbing gym recently. This was the, it's not a museum, but just how like technology is getting integrated, integrated into mm-hmm. this stuff. They have this rock wall where it's a bunch of um, like hold, like handholds and footholds, you know, that you'd climb on on like mm-hmm. one of those indoor gyms. And it's, there's a ton of them and they're all really, really close together and they all have little lights on them. And anybody like who downloads the app can create, there's like, and like millions of possibilities of routes that you can create. Yeah. And anybody can create a route. And then when you like scan the little QR code and like find the route that you want by the person that you want, like, Famous climbers and stuff. Yeah. And then you it lights up which one you should grab. That's cool. And it like creates this route for you so like everybody can be connected and like you'd be staring at your phone half the time before you start doing this, but you're like engaged in yeah. a way that is really cool and makes it fun and you know well, exposes you to more. I love world. that. And furthermore, it's like 
Do you remember what it's like to be 14? Yeah, no shit. I mean, I didn't want to go to a museum. I didn't want to do much of anything. <laughs> Except, Except talk to my friends. Yeah. Probably, and I would have done it on my phone if that were an option at the time. 100%. So I just feel like, okay. When I think down. back about the phone, I was just talking to Ren about this last night. We were talking about like our first phones and those kind of things and like how old we were and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And uh, I have feelings of like, like not love, but like, I really liked that. Like I enjoyed my phone, mm-hmm. but when I reflect on the phone I had when I was like 15, when I got my first phone, like that, that time I have like happy memories associated with the phone. Now it's kind of like stress associated mm-hmm. with the phone. Yeah. And I think it's because I was a teenager and it let me do all those things that I really wanted to do as a teenager anyway. Yeah. So what freed what we- you at one age is now... Like yes. Your leash. Yes. So right. that's again Bette Midler mm-hmm. looking through it through the eyes of like that's her leash and the thing that causes her stress and anxiety. Why are these kids engaging with it? But mm-hmm. that's instead of this quote unquote beautiful art. Well, maybe they don't think it's beautiful. They don't care right now. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I love uh, <laughs> that though. That's such a good response. Tell you what I love. Tell me. Great sheets. Oh, holy sheets, do I? <laughs> Brooklyn and sheets. It's like the ultimate form of self care. I'm get, I'm gonna get I'm we're getting a new set because Ren and I are moving in and we're like we're gonna treat ourselves to a new because you know yeah to be honest white bed luxurious linen bed sheets yeah. as beautiful as they are when you got two people and a dog yeah we're gonna have to mix up the colors yeah yeah you know just practical yeah save you the do. white ones for like my summer. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, those yeah, are yeah, for yeah. special. So I'm gonna go moments. for like a gray. I love their gray color. Brooklyn and Sheets are so great because they are affordable, but they're basically like hotel quality, and they are direct consumers, so they can do that and give you a great deal without sacrificing the quality of the items. And now they have towels and shower curtains and bath mats and. Just everything you need. They even have loungewear for Pete's sake. Yeah, so comfy. If you like softness and comfort, essentials to help you relax, Brooklinen has it all. Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh in the new year. Go on, make yourself comfortable. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping on all the new sheets when you use promo code BRAIN only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Brooklyn and everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Yes. All right. I like that we're coming to so many agreements you and I, I know. today. This is weird. We're in sync. Um, well, these are all just, I, can, I get, I feel like we're on the right side. Yeah, we are. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is how freaky it is that I never thought about this, but... Um, this guy had a, a bone marrow transplant and as a result, he became something known as chimera, which oh, is a, like chi- chimera, chimera. Yeah. Like when you take two yeah. animals and you mix them together and they're a hybrid of, it's called chimera. That's, I mean, that's how I've heard it pronounced, but you probably maybe I've you're only right. read it. I've only read it. Oh, okay. So I don't know how it's pronounced, yeah. but it's C H I M E R A. But, um, which can happen when you are a bone marrow recipient. But like his What's is more extreme. Yeah. Like where when he donates blood or whatever, <gasps> sometimes it's oh, just crazy. The other guy. Okay, yeah, where he's like holding two people's DNA inside of his body. I've yeah. heard about this. And like he when he ejaculates Oh <laughs> my continue, finish that sentence. His That's fucking crazy. Sperm are all 
the other DNA. Stop. That, no, I, so, like, I'm having. So, what if he had kids? No, I'm, I, 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 how, I can't. That, <laughs> Sarah, that blows my mind. Stop it. That blows my mind. Think about that. Yeah. Think about that, people. <laughs> Spitting everywhere. I am. There's, because, like, this has, like, science, this has, like, implications beyond it really just does. this. When you allow your mind to just kind of wander down any road that this, it's very 1984, you know, basic that book understanding. or Brave New World or yes. whatever. Yes. Yeah. Where it's like, you can, okay, you can take a person who is young and like, what's the word? Viral? Ver- yeah. Ver- that. And, or, or the opposite. Like, you can take an old guy's sperm, like the bone marrow from that guy, put it in like a young guy who's like got the body that I don't know whatever like <laughs> body I feel won't like stop. yeah body won't stop like I feel like there's like if you could do that with and then why could we do that with like surrogates like is this the future of like pregnancy surrogates where it's like you can like just become my it's mind freaky. just goes to weird places and I bet everybody who's like in the science world is going Sarah here's why that won't happen but I bet they would have said these stuff th- things didn't happen before exactly because in the article this was in the New York Times it was saying like they would go, the journalists went to the professionals, sort of like the DNA experts, uh-huh. and they were like, don't worry. Right. If he had a kid, it would be all his. And it, How do you fucking know? Right. Because this dude had had a vasectomy. So when he <gasps> got the new it, bone it, marrow, it, 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 oh my <laughs> like God! ran through it. Yes. It was like, here we are, and we're ready. Oh but like, my would that God. affect the vasectomy? Is he now fertile again i don't I, think I have so. so many questions i'm gonna have to talk i have a friend named Paige. shout out page she's a geneticist and she works at one of these labs i'll ask her then here's another freaky twist if your donor is a woman right. then you have both and so sometimes when they like are trying to identify a body right. they take your dna and it'll be it'll say this was a woman and you're looking at the body and you're like that ain't a woman so that's confusing in that. What respect? about crimes? Exactly. DNA for, I'm telling you, this this you we can we can write an entire series yeah. of crime novels <laughs> based just on this. One guy he the was a detective. <laughs> the one guy was in jail, and then um, oh my God. a crime was committed, and his DNA showed up. And they're like, it can't be him because oh, he's locked up. Oh, it was his up. twin brother who had gotten oh. his bone marrow. Oh, my God. Yeah. See? So both of them are deviants. Oh. <laughs> Regardless so of the So now there's like a point that is this nature, is this like a nurture nature thing? It's a problem, though, when the police and doctors and all of these people are sort of like, huh. Right. That's not good. And like the general, like the consensus is, mm, we just don't know. Yeah. And I it, hate when it, they say it, that. It said in the article, like, it would be very unusual for a bone marrow recipient you know, to also be the victim of a violent crime or whatever, but it's not... It's not impossible. We can't act like this isn't going right. to happen. And the, this is the thing with, with coincidences, is with the amount of people we have and the amount of possible situations, people are bound... They're, the weird stuff's bound to happen. Yeah. So... Dude. It's freaky. That is some freaky-ass shit. And I don't know why I never thought about that, about any kind of donation, whether it's organ or blood, Change. bone marrow... I never thought about the DNA implications, I guess, because I just don't understand how DNA works. That's a really good point because in my mind it was like, well, wiped clean, but that doesn't make sense because it would have to replace the cells. And that's why like when they're doing, or my understanding of it, what the hell do I know? This is not the world I work in. But um, like when they're creating organs, 
from stem cells that you have to have a structure to first spray. Like it has to just be like cartilage, like the, the scaffolding almost of the organ. Yeah. And you have to have that stripped of all of its cells, Mm -hmm. the DNA containing stuff. So then you can spray almost like spray paint these cells that with all that information on it, and then they start to grow off of the graft. But if you, so in like, I can understand because you're all starting with the same, it's like that same DNA, but I don't understand how, what happens when you put a liver of somebody or a kidney of somebody else in. It tickles me though when like you have these very complex ideas of identity and DNA and body parts and stuff. But then they'll be like, and then we spray paint it. Right. (laughs) No joke. There'll be, there's always an element like that where you're like, this Mm. seems like not advanced. (laughs) Right. Well, it's like a, yes, just like one of those things uh, with all the cells of the new thing that, and then you like tell it what you want it to be. Not like with your words, but like. Yeah. Well, I just, I also think it's interesting when you think about personality, like if you have the DNA of someone, does that impact? They, yeah. The doctors on the article were like, no. But and I'm like, why not? Why not? Ooh, there was that really good movie called, I think it was called Iris or I or something. I think it was Iris. Oh my that God. I, that was one that didn't get enough buzz in the theater or anything like that, but it was so good. But also I think I watched it on a plane, so who knows how good it really was. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. But I think it was, it like spoke like... I un- I I understood it. I can be like, oh yeah, this is like a thing. Mm-hmm. I believe this. Well, Whew, the book that um, actually my book club pick for this month is called When Breath Becomes Air, and within it is a description of certain types of brain surgeries that uh-huh. are done, and how, and we know this to be true. If you, for example, miscalculate even a hair <sighs> in the brain, they can come out. And be a totally different person. Totally, yeah. And it made me wonder, like, thoughts of who are you? Like, right. if a small millimeter incision changes yes. your entire identity, yes, it just makes me wonder if anything is for sure. I think kind not. Kind of no. It, it freaks me out. It makes me feel uh, optimistic because it oh. shows that there's neuroplasticity. And the same way that you can with real easily slip and, and, you know, there can be like a change and it, we we're like assuming it's negative, but it could be for the better. Who knows? Um, That's a good point. I guess those ones don't really come back. They don't, right? They're like, you know, he was a dick, but now he's really nice. <laughs> good point. So, cause I Although, could go. Sometimes I think you do hear that with dementia. Yeah. Where they were a total asshole and then like, they get real oh, sweet. Oh, they're so sweet. Yeah. But, uh, uh. It really shows, and I think we see this with the uh, rise, and I think this is really going to start growing, use of like psychedelics in curing, and I really can say the word curing because like like smoking and addiction and like opioid use and, um, you know, just like a lot of PTSD symptoms. And I think by firing up all of those neural networks, and then allowing the brain to kind of like re-choose which one mm-hmm. that we can change those personality things, those things that we think. It's really just uh, uh, like exposure and like our environment and repetition of yeah. behaviors. 
but nothing's right. really fixed, if you ask me. Yeah, I think people in religion get attached to it though too, because like the concept of a soul even is feels permanent, a fixed idea of like this is who I am, this is my yeah. essence. Yeah. So to think that could be changed by just like a small miscalculation right. during a surgery, you think? And I think mm. also when they put it in, it's the creator made us and like that yeah. would mean that like... It's immutable. That's yes, who I am. Yes, correct. I mean, that's how they justify their right. bigotry towards trans folks and oh, stuff too. God. But anyway, let's change the subject. Yes, let's. Because we have a guest today whose name Ooh. is Cora Harrington, who you know as the lingerie addict. <gasps> fangirling like crazy oh it's a good thing you didn't have me on to do this interview <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten through a thing because i had been like Sarah and i loved you in that one picture and the one where you made the halo e-glow that was one of my favorites and i loved all three of that series that you did yes god well, i love her well i'll tell you what i love tell me rothy's oh love them i bought two pairs today oh which one i got the sneaker god, in it's like i've sand. forgotten about my rothy's i need to bust those out it's yeah. been a minute well you've been the boot girl lately yeah mm-hmm. well it's starting time. to starting it's to <laughs> yeah seasons are changing i got the sneakers in sand like a tan oh, color nice. oh that's gonna look very classy thank you yeah that's chic mm. and then i got the flat in maritime blue Oh, pretty. For, you know, springtime. Yeah. Uh, but they're great because they're stylish, but they're super comfortable and they're made from recycled plastic. Love so it. all this sustainable stuff you've been hearing about, now you can have it and you can enjoy it. And here's my pitch for it. These shoes are indestructible. Yes. You wash them and they come out of the washer looking perfect. Can you believe that you can do that? I cannot. And I've had mine for years and they're still white. Yeah. Come on. Gorgeous. Blow your mind. Go to rockies.com. Yeah, amazing. Oh. Sorry, I'm just thinking about your white shoes and how, like, what's what's taking me so long? Why don't I have those yet? Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash brain candy. Go to rothys.com slash brain candy to get your new favorite flats. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash brain candy today. You are going to love Cora. She's a badass bitch. She is smart, she's funny, and she's kind. And I love that she's inclusive um, and encourages lingerie and um, undergarment makers to be inclusive as well, size inclusive and race inclusive, et cetera. She's made me feel better about my body and about like admiring myself and in beautiful. Like I never bought beautiful lingerie until I started following her. And I love that she believes that lingerie is about you and yes. your worth yes not about what you can do for a man showing it off yes yeah. and that's what made me feel more beautiful and wearing it she's I our cup her. of tea yes check her out on all the social medias and also on her website cora harrington the lingerie addict welcome to the show thank you so much for coming on brain candy i feel really honored to talk to you because i'm a huge fan of your blog and your instagram you're a stunner so thanks for coming on uh, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. I'm really excited. Okay, uh, here's what I want to know. For starters, whenever you began your blog, you kind of, I don't know, sort of fell into it a bit. And I wondered, like, what was your intention when it all got started? What was your goal? So I didn't really have a, a clear goal or focus or, or idea of what I wanted my platform to be when I started it. I started it off as a hobby. I had a completely different career before I began doing the laundry attic full time, which is in nonprofits. And I started 
my my blog, which was called Stockings Addict at the time, as a way to just relax after work and to do something that had absolutely kind of nothing to do with trauma or violence or <laughs> right. any of the other things I was dealing with at work on a daily basis, and to share um, some of these really cool things that I was running across online because also laundry e-commerce was picking up around then. And then the site grew on its own and it grew organically. And it was actually several years before I realized that it might be becoming, you know, a thing. <laughs> right. That all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, you've stumbled upon something and it was just a hobby for you, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's how it felt. I was um, seriously evaluating my career and kind of what direction I wanted to go in with my career. If I wanted to stay in nonprofits, if I wanted to go back to school, if I wanted to do something entirely different. And right around then my site started actually making a little bit of money, not a lot, a little bit of money. (laughs) And, and I thought, well, okay, well, what if I, what if I did this? Right. And then I'm fascinated with how you became so knowledgeable because it's not as if you were an expert all along, right? Right, right. Like I said, I came from something completely different. My degree isn't in fashion or PR. I didn't live in New York until very recently. Um, so yes, uh, the the answer to that is that I've done a lot of research. Um, I was also wrong a lot in those early days, and I think it's mm-hmm. important to own that. Nobody ever, nobody ever starts from a place of full knowledge or full, aware, full awareness. Nobody ever starts something as an expert. And so, I once I realized that this is what I wanted to do, and I became aware of how little that I know because I also don't come from a background of sewing or anything like that. Yeah. I um I started just reading everything I could on the topic, every book about lingerie, um, every book about the history or the culture of underwear, fashion books in general are fashion history books because they give you insight through those changing silhouettes into what people were wearing underneath. Cool. Um, I started attending trade shows in New York City that I still go to. Um, and there at those shows, I was able to meet representatives from a wide range of brands and from some of the biggest brands in America and the world, brands like Notorian, Wacol, and Triumph, and Simone Perel, like very, very popular, very big name brands. I was able to talk to them. Um, I have like great friends, for example, at Hanky Panky now, just because of like showing up and talking to them all the time. <laughs> very, very, I don't know. Is that, is that siren coming through on the recording? Oh, that's okay. Don't worry. Okay. Um, we'll yeah, it's it New York. It's never quiet. <laughs> <laughs> right. I interviewed but, somebody one time in New York and she had to go inside her closet just to make it quiet for her. Yeah. yeah. so bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is tragic. Um, um, what does- yeah, I started talking to people and just asking them to share what they knew with, with me. I would ask about things like how they design or the fabric they were using or lace. And people were very generous with their knowledge. They were, um, and some of them, I should say, were excited that here was somebody who was outside of the industry and also communicated to consumers and wanted to know these details that are, I think, not considered very interesting by many people. Right. And then the other thing that helped was bringing on other writers, other columnists, because the other thing I realized once I said, okay, this is going to be my job. This is what I'm going to do full time. I need to approach it professionally, not as a hobby, was, okay, well, there's, if if there's just me writing content and just me kind of handling editorial, there's going to be a lot that's missed. There's Mm -hmm. just a lot I don't know. I I only have, you know, the one body. So I only kind of know the experiences of living in this body. And, And I realized, okay, I need people who are more knowledgeable than me 
in this topic, and also people who can bring diversity of perspective that I lack. And so I think those things together, the the reading, the meeting with people, and the bringing on of writers who are more knowledgeable than me in this in this topic, even though they're writing for me, has done a lot to kind of pull my knowledge and awareness along as as the site has grown. grown. I just, speaking to that, I'm so impressed with you in the way that you're so intentional and it it seems like you've put a lot of effort into inclusivity and speaking to experiences you have and also ones that other people have. And I think that's unique. How did that become something that was important to you? Well, I think it's always been important to me. I, I'm a black queer woman. I am not kind of the typical person you see in the fashion industry in general, much less the lingerie industry. Um, you don't really see, I think, people like me in, in advertising or campaigns. Um, until recently, it felt like most brands weren't targeting black women at all. Yeah. Right? Much less other women of color. The the industry doesn't target, you know, disabled people. It's not really going after, I think, in terms of interest of um, advertising and marketing, people who are older than, like, what, 25? If you were to look right. at the photos right. that they, that they So sad. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, the, being... I, I know just from personal experience what it's like to be a minority and what it's like to not see your face, your image, your yourself, your identity included. And I want it to the to the best of my abilities, to the extent of my budget and resources, which are not very big, to make the laundry addict as diverse and inclusive a space as I could make it, which doesn't mean perfect diversity and it doesn't mean perfect inclusivity because I mm-hmm. think some people hear words like diversity and inclusivity and they think it has to be like 100% perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not something... Like, that's not a promise I've ever made, but it's also not an expectation I can reasonably deliver on because of the limitations inherent to my site. But as much as I can, I try to make sure that that inclusivity and diversity and, um, like, giving people knowledge and awareness without judgment is, is at the center of what we do. Well, and you extended it as well to your book in intimate detail. And mm-hmm. I, did you feel like the response was overwhelmingly positive or did you get any pushback or what was that? No, I feel reaction? like the, re- the response to the book has been incredibly positive. I mean, there are always reviews that are negative or reviews where people didn't like your book or they're disappointed. I don't, I don't think it's possible to write a book that literally everybody will like. Right. Um, but, but, I mean, by, by any metric, the reviews for for my for my book for intimate detail have just been really incredible and supportive and i mean i was i don't know if if it's okay for me to talk about this a bit but you know while while we're on the topic of kind of inclusivity there were several deliberate choices i made with with my book yes that it would feel welcoming and inclusive to as many people as possible so for example one decision that i made was to not include any photographs Mm -hmm. um so the book is all watercolor illustrations and it's illustrations of the garment and the pieces that I'm talking about or discussing and not illustrations of bodies. So that way, as people are reading the text and seeing examples of the things they're reading about, they can imagine them like on themselves or in their closet. Whereas I think if you have a model that's like right there, um, that makes it harder if you are not the same as that model to maybe imagine yeah. yourself in those garments. And so I really wanted people to feel free to explore lingerie because that's what the book is about um and not put any any roadblocks um in the way of that uh, another thing i did was the book uses gender neutral language throughout 
So there's no reference to like women wear lingerie or she, her. Um, and that's because it's not just women that yeah. wear lingerie. There are um, masculine of center or, you know, trans men that wear lingerie or, or underwear. There are non-binary people that wear lingerie. There are also some like cis men who perhaps have grown breasts that would be, that would be wearing lingerie. Um, and so that was another part of trying to make the book accessible to many people. Cause, and the thing that's, the thing about tweaks like that, and I think just in general, when you, when you're approaching a topic from the perspective of being inclusive is that to people, to most people, it looks seamless. If you're doing it well, mm-hmm. it looks seamless. Like most, the average person has likely not noticed that my book mm-hmm. only uses gender neutral language. Right. Um, but if you are somebody who is not a woman, then you're going to notice it. Like, it's yes. for you. Yes. But it also has absolutely no negative or adverse effect on anybody else. Right. That's what is so cool. <laughs> is that This isn't as if you're sacrificing some sort of artistic whatever. It's still so beautiful and so uh, practical and helpful and just a great book. And no one would even notice unless it was, you know, important to them. They would just appreciate it. It's just all good. Right. Right, exactly. And so, and I feel like that is ideally the way moves toward inclusivity and diversity and access should look. They should look seamless. They should look like they're just a part of the thing as opposed to being like, here is a special initiative that we have done. (laughs) Hear ye, hear ye. (laughs) Yeah, just make it a part of, of what you do almost to the point that people can't imagine what you would be like without it. Yeah, it's no big whoop and it's just a beautiful thing. And I really was so amazed at what just how much thought you clearly put into it, and it shows. And it's such a great book to just keep out too. It's a piece of art, in my opinion. Um, Thank you so much. I I wanted to put together a book that that people will feel comfortable reading because there, you know, as you know, there is a lot of stigma and there are a lot of weird feelings attached to lingerie, um, just in general. But also a book that I, I hoped would stand as reasonably as one can expect, the test of time, yeah. um, where if you pick it up five or 10 or 15 years from now, like hopefully it is, it is just as enjoyable a read and just as beautiful a book to you as it was the first time you purchased it. Yeah. I think you succeeded in that and it's really impressive and lovely. Um, what do you, what do you think that lingerie means to you? Cause when you talk about how there's some stigma it doesn't have that for you. And you have this idea of, um, like you didn't, your intention was never about fetishizing lingerie or about dressing sexy for men. It's something different. What is it? Right. And just like, just to be clear, like it's totally fine if people have lingerie fetishes or if kind of their, their primary viewpoint on lingerie is from like the erotic approach. Yeah, um, sure. it's not, it's not judgment, but for me, yeah. the, way that I access lingerie and what keeps me interested in lingerie because I've been writing about it for almost 12 years. So keeping that interest level high is important. Um, is the, the intersection of lingerie with like history, society, and culture. What does lingerie say about the world we're living in? Hmm. What, what does lingerie kind of, what does it reflect about what people are thinking or their opinions of, of gender, our bodies, our beauty? Um, what do we like, what can we learn from, where we are today are where people were in the past based on their undergarments. Because I, I believe that lingerie is the thing that you wear closest to the skin. Mm. And so it can tell a lot about people's interior lives, even in a way that, that perhaps they're out of work camp. Um, I'm also very into 
the the idea of moving lingerie beyond the erotic, beyond the boudoir, as I just alluded to, and reaffirming to people that lingerie is a part of the fashion industry, that it is a serious subject of study, mm. that there are things to this topic that are deeper than the surface level. There are things in lingerie that are worth analysis and worth discussion and worth commentary because I often think people hear the word lingerie and they're like, oh, well, that's just sex. Like, that's all there is to it. <laughs> and there's also like a lot of study to make about sex. Like, to be real. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, there will still be a lot of study. But um, like just affirming to people and making it clear to people that there are things in this niche, things in this topic that we can we can and should have a conversation about. And then I think the third thing is lingerie can be a reflection of your identity and a way to to explore and discover who you are yeah. and how you see your body, what you want out of life in a way that can sometimes be far more difficult to do with your outerwear. So, I mean, if you are a closeted trans or non-binary person, you might not be in a place as far as your safety or your access um, mm -hmm. to resources, maybe to transition publicly, but you can still um, wear things underneath that affirm your gender. Do you, does that make that sense? That is such like a good can, point. Yes. And, and kind of giving people the resources, um, at least online to, to explore that part of themselves, to, to know some of their options. Um, is really important to me because this information wasn't really out there 10 and 12 and 15 years ago. Like yeah. there were little pockets. Like, I mean, there was live journal, which was really great. <laughs> little, <laughs> little pockets of discussion. Um, but I think having a lot of information in one place, um, that's about kind of all those different things, but not about sex, yeah. um, is kind of a part of me showing through the way that I, discuss this topic that there is so much more to it potentially is that what you noticed I, I feel very the... rambly no I loved it <laughs> it's such an important thing to talk about too and something that most people don't even think about because they don't have to but over the last 12 years is that the main thing that you've noticed is changing is this accelerated um, discussion and dialogue about gender and sexuality etc I, I think we're seeing more discussion around gender and sexuality and how fashion intersects mm -hmm. with and, and supports our conflicts with all of that. And also more discussion about lingerie in general. Um, and I think a lot of that is because, I mean, we have a generation of people who have basically grown up with the internet. Mm -hmm. um, we have social media where people can get in touch with each other, like all over the world to talk about things. And so there's just been this constant acceleration and sharing of ideas in a way that wasn't happening in the same way like 15 years ago. Um, and it's exciting to see that and to be a part of that and to hopefully be in a position um, to be a resource to people as, as they're exploring that topic. I so enjoy, as I said, following you online and your images are so, so beautiful. And I always think... Does this woman ever just like slap on some gross cotton like <laughs> jammies or is it always yes. like luxury perfection? I am wearing sweatpants right now as we speak. <laughs> Thank God. You're human. Oh, what a relief. <laughs> sweatpants and fuzzy Wonder Woman socks. Okay. So, this yeah, is it's great. super glam. It's super glam. <laughs> 
Okay, that makes me feel better because I'm like, dang, she looks perfect in every shot. And I know, you know, Instagram is not real in that sense, but I just can't even picture you in sweatpants. (laughs) I'm so relieved to know you're comfortable right now. Do you feel equally comfortable though in the beautiful um, pieces that you wear on on Instagram and your blog? I do. I don't, I don't wear things that make me feel self-conscious or bad about myself or question how I make me question even how I feel about myself. Um, So even, even in my shoots are are what I wear on the internet, even if it's, you know, like lingerie or if people think it's sexy, it's still something that feels true to who I am and to who I want to be. Um, And that can look lots of different ways and it can take the form of kind of lots of different pieces, which I think is, is part of the point that you don't have to commit yourself to just like one look or one style yeah. if if you don't want to. Um, yeah. Whenever, I think when people think about undergarments, especially women, uh, there's a feeling that they're just not comfortable or they can't get the right fit. Why do you think that is? And what's your advice for those folks? Ooh, I have lots of thoughts about this. <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's a few things, especially in, in America, kind of in particular, that are that is not true of other major lingerie markets like, say, the UK or France. Hmm. Um, one one significant thing that is that is unique about the United States that's not really a thing in other European countries, at least, which is kind of where I'm most familiar with intimate apparel, um, is that America is really, really, really big. It's really diverse. And there are lots of people that are kind of in more rural or distant areas from from major cities, which is where you tend to find the most lingerie boutiques. There are a lot of people that are buying their bras and their underwear from Target and from Walmart and from Victoria's Secret and from Macy's. And that's not like a judgment. Like, that's just the truth. People... People buy underwear from where they can buy it. And for most people, that's not going to be a posh lingerie boutique in LA or New York or Texas or Seattle or kind of Mm -hmm. one of those major cities. Um, I should have said like Austin because Texas is a state and all the other ones that say were cities. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I, like for the, for the average lingerie wearing person, whether through cost and expense and, and that they can't afford to go into one of these boutiques or they don't feel comfortable going to just like, plain geographic access mm-hmm. most people are not going to have access or many people are not going to have access to a, a bra kind of in their ideal size or a right. pair of knickers in their ideal fabric mix it's just not something that's around and that's something that I, that I empathize with I grew up um in a in a town about 100 miles south of Atlanta that did not have a lingerie boutique and that still does not have a lingerie <laughs> boutique so, I mean, if if I hypothetically, and I would have never done this because the lingerie boutique I'm thinking of had bras that were like $200, which is just not going to happen. But <laughs> let's say I had the money to spend $200 on a bra. Um, I would have had to travel 200 miles wow. round trip to go. Nobody's doing no. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's one big reason. Like yeah. just, just the sheer access. And this, this gets... Um, particularly difficult if you wear beyond like a D or a double D cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets very difficult if you wear beyond like around a one, two or three X um, just because your, your options in those stores is going to contract significantly. And you're not, you're also just not going to have access to 
maybe like the most beautiful pieces. Like you're not going to really see those fine laces, those embroideries, those soft materials that for me are part of what make, part of what make lingerie so enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. And I think the industry does a major disservice to consumers by not recognizing and acknowledging that the, the industry is so boutique focused, which I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, I think that's a very archaic way of approaching how customers actually shop, which is very, very much through these big box stores and still through department stores because that's what people have access to. So well, if I, you don't, yeah. I was oh. just thinking about how uh, Vicky's Secret has um, not risen to the occasion of uh, nope. accommodating a lot of people. And they haven't. It's very disappointing. Well, and it's unnecessary for them. I mean, I I am very empathetic to the costs of starting and ramping up a lingerie brand because lingerie has very low margins compared to the rest of the fashion industry. It's very time intensive as far as research, product development, and design. Uh, It's very expensive to manufacture and produce because you have somebody who's sitting at a sewing machine putting together like those 36 pieces of a bra all by hand. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're like, it's not like putting together a pair of jeans yeah. or, or a t-shirt. So I am empathetic, particularly for newer brands when it comes to those size expenses, because they are incredibly expensive and they take years and years and years to make that money back. But Victoria's Secret come on, does not get the benefit of the doubt <laughs> yeah. as far as that goes. They, they should have, I, I just, I feel like I'm going off on a tangent now, but... <laughs> They're in every they they're in every mall in America. They have so many standalone stores, and how we would be talking about their brand so differently mm-hmm. if they had bothered to go up to a G cup in yeah. stores. Yeah, if they had bothered to even go up to a one or two X in stores. And they honestly, they have the resources to go further than that. Like, well, that's the about, thing that's so gross is we know that they yeah, could and they're just they not. Could've. Yeah. And they just, they just, they did not want to see people in those sizes wearing their clothes. Exactly. It's just the long and short of it. But I mean, what we will be having a very, very, very different conversation about Victoria's Secret. If they had made even the slightest effort, which is part of why it's so terrible. It is so terrible. location, geography access a big part of why people don't like their underwear and I don't blame them. Um, it isn't like <laughs> I was really into underwear when I was still living like in Macon, sure. Georgia, which is where sure. I grew up. Um, and then the other part I think is the lack of information and a lack of consumer awareness. Yeah. And so people, people don't know their options. People don't know what's out there. They know that lingerie has always made them feel a little bit weird and a little bit uncomfortable ever yeah. since, you know, the days of say like the training bra, which I think it's such a weird concept, but also one that like I was exposed to when I first started growing press. Right. Um, most of the the conversation around lingerie and bras is centered around like you need a free bra fitting, you have to have a free bra fitting, mm-hmm. um, which I think just doesn't make lingerie sound terribly exciting and fun. It right. makes it sound very clinical. Yeah, drudgery. Uh, like a chore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's nobody's ever like, oh my gosh, oh my god, today is free bra fitting day. Like, <laughs> You're so right. Right. Um, and so people people kind of go into the topic thinking lingerie is supposed to be terrible, yeah. and then it is, um, and they're not surprised. That so is I, I feel, and then and they also they don't know why it's terrible. I think that's the that goes back to the consumer education piece. Like your bra hurts, and you have no idea why. Yeah. You don't. You just know that it hurts. You don't know maybe that like the wires are too small for your breasts, or the mm. wires are too hard. You don't know that the band size is too big. And so it's slipping and sliding around your body and leaving friction marks. Like you just know that it hurts. 
You don't know <laughs> right. why, like, the wire popped out of the wire channel, like, because it was under, you don't know that the wire yeah. was under too much stress, and that's why it popped out of your bra. You just know, like, you just bought this bra, yeah. and now the wire <laughs> popped out. Like, that. Do you know, you know what I mean? Like, yes. you don't, you just don't know. Well, that's, And so people, yeah, they're like, well, this is, this is a racket. This is a waste. <laughs> well, yeah, because they feel like they spend a lot of money on something that they still hate. Yeah, and then I think that's the, that's like the final part. People, it, it takes time and it takes practice and it takes knowledge to be able to recognize what you're looking at um, for anything. Like this isn't just true of lingerie, um, but lingerie is the only thing I know anything about. Yeah. Um, it takes time. Like I can, I call it like, how do you know, how, how do you learn to read a bra? Like when you look at a bra, how do you, how do you know what you're looking at? And most people aren't able to see, they're not able to see, like the seams and stitches, they're not able to see things like hardware quality or lace quality. Um, that's just, and that's not because people are, are unintelligent. It's because people just don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. Um, and, and that's also part of the reason why people are surpi- surprised at bra prices because they don't know the difference between, say, like a Chantilly lace and a, and a Rochelle lace. Like from their perspective, it's just lace. So yes. like, why does this the lace look? lace on this bra make it cost $200 and the lace on this other bra costs 15. Um, and so that's one of the things that I really try to do on my site, which is, um, speak to that consumer education piece, like in terms of how things should fit in terms of what people's options and resources are in terms of troubleshooting items that they may not like. And I feel like that is one of the places that hopefully the laundry addict can feel an need and giving people the information and the knowledge to make better lingerie choices, um, whatever that means to them. Yeah. And you're doing such a good job because in addition to being sort of just beautiful to look at and aesthetically pleasing, your work is practical and helpful. I've learned so much just from the work that you're doing. So I'm so grateful for it. And I hope everybody checks it out as well, because I think they will be so pleased. Um, And I have a last question that I ask everybody, which is... Mm -hmm. If you have a car, what do you keep in the trunk of your car? I don't have a car because I live in New York. Okay, do you have a backpack? Is at my parents' house. They were very kind to let me leave it there for basically ever. (laughs) Yes, our New York interviews never have a car, but they usually have a backpack or something we go with. Yes, I do carry a backpack because that's a necessity when you're out running errands. Um, I always have a water bottle because there's nothing like being stuck in a train underground and thirsty. Um, How often are you and, getting stuck in a train these days? You know what? I, I don't even want to talk about that. It's so <laughs> Everyone's impressive. so mad about the MTA. It's so funny. I don't even. I'm so upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just put salt in the open wound. <laughs> so I always carry a bottle of water and I always carry something to read. That is very smart. That is very smart. Uh-huh. I love it. Well, I hope you keep up the great work because you're so talented and special and beautiful inside and out. And we love the work that you're doing. So thank you. Thank you very much, both for being so supportive and for inviting me to talk with you. Yay. Yay.